Triple M's The Real Football Show Catch-Up. Saturday mornings from 7am for CMI Toyota, SA's number one Toyota dealer. Triple M's Real Football Show. Where Chris Dittmar, Albie Kidd and Val Migliaccio discuss the biggest issues affecting fans of the round ball. Terrific run and a super finish. The Triple M Real Football Show. Ah, indeed. Welcome where we talk real football each and every week here. Also joining us, as usual, Maria Jose Rocas. How are you? I'm good. How are you? A couple of goals this week at Salisbury Inter. Yes. A couple yes, of goals last week. You're on fire. Yes, yes. Um, you know, trying to um, uh, score a couple of goals every week. But yeah, it's uh, not easy. It's but always a challenging. About time as well, that's. Yeah, I know. She was very quiet <laughs> there for a few weeks. Week? Huh? Is one of, you, one of yours a goal of the week contender? Yes, yes, it was. Um, hopefully, I think today they will announce it, who is the winner. But, um, yeah, it doesn't matter really. We won. <laughs> We're right. still on top of the letter. Joining us on the Real Football Show today, uh, Ufuk Tale, who is the coach of Wellington Phoenix. And what a great job they've done. They have to play away from home all this time. I think it's uh, many, many months they've been based in Australia, away from New Zealand. So we'll get to, to talk to him in just a moment. And also, uh, Albie, one of the greatest defenders we've ever produced here in Angelo Costanzo. Yeah, he had a good career, Ange. Um, very, very good player. Adley City, Adley United, and and also in Marconi for a for a, a spell as well. But uh, I always thought Ange was a, a very, very talented player, and as you said, uh, that's a good defender. Great tackler. Rarely saw him beaten. Away we go in Wellington. Phoenix continue to attack. His Piscopo. Welcome uh, Wellington Phoenix coach Ufuk Tale and uh, this story is quite unique because this team has spent the best part of nine months away from home and they've done it extremely hard and they're about to go home the weekend after next to play their first home game in 433 days. It's such a remarkable achievement and unfortunately well, fortunately for us, it hasn't been talked about much, but uh, welcome, Wolfie. Now, just it, it must be so, so hard to, to be, especially for the New Zealand players, to be away from home for so long. How's the team coped? Yeah, look, it's, it's like I said uh, previously, it's been, a, it's been a very challenging year in the sense that, uh, you know, we, we with the season starting, we didn't have the dates that was season starting and, and try to get players back to, to come in, you know, do their quarantine. And we were rushed over very quickly, you know, into uh, into Wollongong and, and find a base. So we weren't really, you know, we weren't, didn't have a choice to really select of where we're going to be and where we're going to end up. So, yeah. you know, we ended up in Wollongong, which, which, is, which turned out okay for us at, at the same time. Not, not exactly the way we would have had it back at home, but, you know, we still work with uh, what we had. Yeah. At the same time, and also, you know, it's been challenging for for some some of our staff who have families back in uh, in Wellington. Like our goalkeeper coach Paul has, you know, he's, he's been away from his family since the start of uh, since we arrived in November uh, wow. last last year. So, yeah. you know, and and obviously not not having, you know, even though there wasn't a hundred percent crowds when we first started the season this year, but it slowly, you know, progressed to that, and and not playing any any home games. Like you say, it's going to be uh, four hundred and thirty three days. Since our last game, I think that was against Melbourne Victory back at uh, 
back at Sky Stadium. So yeah. it's, it's 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 had its challenges. It's it's had its challenges in the sense, you know, you don't you don't have the uh, the support that you normally have uh, behind you, and and you don't have that familiarity of you know your training ground, you know your your stadium and all those types of things as well. Mm. But for me, look, the the group the group has been very resilient. You know, they've they've pushed through. I still think. You know the, the football that we played uh, this year has been quite exciting and, 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 and an entertaining brand at the same time. Yeah. I'm disappointed with the, the results. Obviously, we're not sitting where we wanted to be sitting, but we're still we're still in the chance with five games to go. Yeah. But look, it's, it's one of those things. We live in a world where you know things change uh, very very quickly. You know, in a matter of 24 hours. So you know, we've tried to adapt, and you know, I'll always give it to the boys. They've always had the right attitude and, and try to apply themselves the best they can. Yeah. But it, I can't I can't say that it has hasn't been a challenging uh, season. Yeah, I'll just uh, go back to, to last weekend when obviously you guys played Adelaide United and, and I happened to speak to one of your, um, I think, guys in football up, Sean, I'm not too sure of his of his surname, but he had his little boy with him and that, that sort of touched me because the kid, I don't know, he, he might have been six or seven years old and Sean was telling me how about how he had his family over for a little bit then some of his children and his wife had to fly back and he's kept his little boy with him. I mean, it, it must take it, its toll mentally on a lot of these people. And, and obviously, Sean was happy just to have his little boy by his side. He's travelling with the team. Yeah, look, you got you got to commend uh, these people. And, you know, Sean's, uh, you know, he's kept his uh, little boy Johnny here with us, you know. And, and to be honest, he's, he's been away with us with all the games that we've played, you know, all the games where we've travelled to Perth, Tasmania and all that. And, and he's been like our little mascot travelling with us everywhere he's gone, you know. And uh, Sean's left his uh, his wife and his two daughters uh, back in Wellington. And so he's been a mother and a father at the same time here trying to do his job. And at the yeah. same time, you know, trying to, you know, raise his kid, going to school and, and, and that time's travelling with us to away games. Oh, that's amazing. And just the, the first game at home will be on May 22 in Wellington at Sky Stadium against Western United. How important is this for, for the team, um, you know, to, just to be back home? And hopefully COVID does not put any damper on this one. Hopefully things go ahead as planned. But how important is this for, for Wellington Phoenix? Uh, it's, it's for us, it's uh, it's massive. Where I think the group is very excited to, you know, to go back to to Wellington and and play in front of our, uh, you know, our own fans uh, that have been supporting us whilst we've been away in Australia for such a long time. So yeah. for us, it's a, it's a massive, massive game. Uh, I think it's great that it's uh, we're bringing Mark back to uh, to Wellington as well to to play against Western United. So you know, there'll be a bit of rivalry there yeah. at the same time. But look, for us, we, we've missed it. We did, we we uh, dearly. You know, missed our fans. You know, we we've missed playing at home. We've missed that uh, familiarity that we've had last season. Yeah. Uh, and like for us, we hope that you know the the support comes and there's a big turnout for us, and it's a massive occasion. Yeah, yeah, and and just I've, I've got to add too that the game I watched uh, on you're a lot different to actually watching it on TV because you only get like you know 50 square meters of watching Wellington. But I, I saw you play live and. I think they're incredibly coached. You've got them well drilled and um, perhaps a little unlucky, actually, not to come away with the three points. I mean, is this the type of thing? You've got players that work hard right around the park and maybe you didn't make the most of some of the chances that came through, but you seem to found, find space all the time and uh, it probably turned a little bit when Davila had to come off as well. 
Yeah, look, yeah, Uli is a massive player for us. He's, he, he's a, he influences the game in the way that he plays, the attributes that he has. But look, we, we're a very structured team defensively. We're very disciplined. And, uh, you know, with the ball, we try to, we try to play football. We try to play through lines and, and you know, and, and uh, play a certain brand of football. Uh, for us, look, as, as a coach, my job is to simplify the game and clarify the game for the players and, and make their job easier by them understanding their roles and responsibilities. And, you know, we try to put players in the right positions that suit their attributes. And that's why, you know, we try to play a certain brand of football, an entertaining brand, an exciting brand. Because at the end of the day, football is, a, is an entertainment and the crowd wants to see, you know, they want to be entertained. So we yeah. try to play a certain brand by at the same time and get results. Yeah, exactly. And you've got a big match coming up, obviously, Sunday against Melbourne City, who will be playing uh, on Thursday against Adelaide United. It's probably, it might be season-defining. Um, you'd be chasing all points, obviously. Yeah, look, Melbourne, Melbourne City is, uh, you know, they're in a good space at the moment. They're playing some really good football, but we look at it, and I look at it as what a great opportunity to play uh, the best team that's currently on top of the ladder and go out there and, and show what you can do and express yourself uh, as a footballer. These are the games that you want to be involved in. These are the games that you want to play in. And for us, it's a, it's a massive game. You know, we, we get a good result out of that. Then we're back into to Wellington, mm. you know, come back, play Western Sydney, back into Auckland. So for us, it's... For me, uh, you know, for, as a, if I was a player, I'd be uh, quite excited to be involved in this game coming up. And just yourself, uh, Uffi, I mean, you've had such a, a fantastic career and I can't believe you haven't played for the Socceroos. I, lo- I was looking back and you played the under, under-20s, I think, and then, uh, you know, you won championships in the NSL with Marconi. You play for Galatasaray, for goodness sake, you know, one of the, the biggest clubs in Europe. And, and, you know, Oceania Championship with the Sydney FC and A-League Championship, and perhaps you haven't had the uh, accolades you deserved as a player. Yeah, well, I, if you know me, and uh, I, I don't, I never pump up my own tires. At the end of the day, you know, for me, I, I was, uh, I was a midfielder. I think I was a hard-working midfielder, but I could actually, uh, actually play with the ball as well. So, yeah. you know, I, I think everything happens for a reason. At the end of the day, you know, we. Maybe my uh, my career there was an opportunity for me to to play for the Socceroos, but it's, I don't see it as a negative. You yeah. know, it's, I see it yeah. as a positive because it's pushed me on even yeah. even further, pushed me even harder to to get to where I got to today. So yeah. you know, for me, I look at you know every place that I've been and every place you know that I've got to is because of the hard work and the effort yeah. and energy that I put into it. Yeah, and, and exactly, and and then obviously you, you you couple of stints at Galatasaray, one of the biggest clubs in Europe, and the pressure must have been enormous. Do you think that's made you more resilient? You know, now that you sit on the bench as well, because I, I can't, I cannot imagine the sort of pressure you've been under as a player. Yeah, look, they're, 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 the pressure is uh, very high. You're always expected to win, doesn't matter who you play. You know, we, we're, that's a club where if you weren't in the top two, you would never even get a win bonus. So you know <laughs> what I mean. So the expectation is very, <laughs> the expectation is uh, is very high, and I, and I try to put that expectation on my players as a coach now. To you know, then they they need to meet my expectation or come close to it because you know that's the way you, I think you believe that you get the best out of people. Brilliant, Wolfhook Tatley. Thanks for your time and. Uh... Hopefully you do well against Melbourne City on Sunday and, and, you know, when you get back to New Zealand, let's hope there's a big welcome home party for you. Yeah, I appreciate that, Val. No worries. Good on you. And it breaks for Manilo. Manilo against the keeper and it's 1-0 to Adelaide City. The corner comes in, missed by Kaplan. Tobin tries to get it in the net and it's an own goal from Harper. Deep to the back post. Awaratiki's missed it and it's off the line. It's in the net. 
Here it comes. Yates jumping, as was Musitano. Adelaide City are through. And the crowd has gone berserk. Val, I mentioned earlier, one of the greatest defenders we've ever seen here, Angelo Costanzo. I don't think I ever, ever saw him beaten. You're absolutely correct with that beautiful ponytail as well. Back in the day, I think you still got that chalk. Yeah, good morning, guys. Yeah, I still got it. Still there. I'm just waiting till it falls out. But you know what I've got to ask you because it looked like you were going to climb the tree in coaching, and I thought you did really well at uh, Croydon Kings. And you know, obviously Dom Costanzo, he, he's your son, got promoted to, yeah. to win an A League contract. Now all of a sudden you're not there. What happened? Oh. Uh, just come stage where I think the COVID didn't help last year that was uh, became a long season and I've just been involved in the game now for 40 odd years every year I just thought I needed a bit of a bit of a break so um, I enjoyed it I liked doing it I'll probably get back into it at some stage but yeah just at the moment I just uh, need a break and especially with work in the construction side being very busy now I just thought it was a good time just to have a year off so but saying that I've been uh, dragged back into the game and coaching Croydon women's Division 4 team. Oh, good. Good. Well, that's great. So, yeah, I haven't been kept long out of the game as it is. You would have been working with the Brazali brothers, um, Angel, and I'm not surprised that you've left due to the fact that that was the case. I'm only kidding, by the way. (laughs) They're good mates of ours, as as you're well aware, uh, Angel. But, look, I'd like you to go back on your career and... um, you know, Val went into the, the coaching side of things, but, um, you know, you were a talented player and, and looking at defensive players these days, you know, one thing that you were always good, you were always good on the ball, you never gave the ball away, you are a good passer of the ball, yeah. you broke from the back. Does it, the, the game's changed a little bit, Ange. Yeah, it has. Um, I think, yeah, a few years ago, it came back with defenders playing and adding themselves in the midfield. Whereas now, probably gone, a lot of teams are just playing that defensive game, sitting back, and doesn't allow these defenders to uh, express themselves and add themselves into the midfield. Let's say that the one player that does is, is Rowan Tongik from Central yeah. Coast. To, um, yes. Uh, he's still one player. He came through uh, the Adelaide United Youth Team when we were there, and that's something we instilled into him. We wanted him to add himself into the midfield, and, and he's still doing it and doing very well by reports. Is, will be in the Socceroos squad as well. Actually, on Rouen, in my opinion, he's probably the most improved player I've seen, actually, at yeah. Central Coast coming out of Adelaide. And I thought for a, for a little while that maybe he wasn't going to cut it, but now he's yeah. looking really, really good. Yeah, he's always had the talent. Um, Val, he just went to Melbourne City, um, didn't work out, and then went what to happened, Brisbane. Huh? So he changed Western Sydney, so he's changed... He's had four or five teams, which probably didn't help him, whereas now he's settled at Central Coast and showing us actually what he can do on the field and um, and, and coming out, working well for Central Coast. And we'll probably see him going overseas the next stage for him now. Uh, he's looking at the young lad, uh, Dominic. Um, yeah. you know, surprised to see that he's no figuring in the plans here at Adelaide United uh, Youth. Uh, because obviously his career started at Croydon there under yourself yep. and he was one of the best players, if not the best player, in, in Croydon who are a, a very, very decent side. What's happening there? He's no a regular at, uh, in Adelaide, uh, in the Adelaide youth team, Ange. Yeah, it's just, oh, I can't speak for him, I'll speak for me. It's just very frustrating, you know, coming from having a great season last season and, you know, going into a professional environment, yeah, it's going to take some time to adjust and I think... Uh, he did that, but you know, speaking to the reports I'm getting back, he's doing everything well. He's, he's close, 
But then he's sitting on the bench from for the NPL team, which is um, yeah, it's, it's not great for him and uh, very disturbing for the fam as well. You know, very frustrating because um, we know he's got the tally shown it last year, and then you see other players play, getting opportunities. Probably the only one that hasn't got an opportunity there at the moment. Mm. So uh, he's just hey, he's a young kid. He's got a kid. He's got plenty of time. He's just got to keep working and not drop his head. And there's, we all know he can play. There's no doubt about that. Yeah. And uh, I'd be frustrated as a dad too. And it's hard. Yeah. I know you're doing the right thing and you're not saying too much, but would you yeah. look around? I mean, he has to be playing, especially at his age. Yeah. He needs to yeah. play. Is it, is it yeah. worth looking around? Oh, well, yeah, we, we are at the moment. Yeah, um, um, he's looking at other opportunities yep. and just got to wait for that run. It's difficult now with the transfer window closing as well in the NPL. So uh, if he's got to go back to another NPL club and, uh, just pre- reset again and go, or is it another A-League team? So we just have to wait and see. Um, uh, you got people uh, looking after him and just trying to advise him the best way to go. I try not to get involved too much. Sure. He's got an agent that yeah. deals with that side, but when I have to, I will. Um, but, yeah, yeah. We'll, we'll, by the looks of it, yeah, he's not hasn't got a future in late night, and we'll, we'll have to move on at the end of the season. So just it's hard now to go to another A-League team because they're all end of the season and not really focusing too much on next year. So uh, time will tell and we'll just have to reassess it and see where he goes after that. Angelo, and um, how do you find the women's size now that you caught in um, Division 4? Um, yeah. I guess, you know, you've always been involved with with men's and, and, and football, so it, I imagine it will be a, different, a little bit different for you, that role, oh, or just it, looking at um, oh, different perspectives. Yeah, yeah, the, the women's side is, is different. I've only been there a few weeks. Um, uh, they like to chit-chat a little bit more than the men, but, which is good. I, um, I've got uh, my wife and daughter at home. Anyway, they like a bit of a chit-chat. So, um, yeah, just... Um, but I'm enjoying it. The, the girls, we've got some very good girls there as well who are young. Um, they could probably go to the next level at some stage. But, yeah, the women's game's uh, improving and getting much bigger in... In Australia and in, and in the world and in Europe, as you know, you know, there's players in Europe earning a lot of money. And look at Sam Kerr. So there yes. is a pathway mm-hmm. now for the women's game, and that's why we're seeing a lot more girls playing the game, and the game is improving. Do, do, you, do you see it? I mean, a lot of the women's football in this state, I see it more as a social thing than actually getting too serious about it. This, this is my opinion. Yeah. Do you think the mentality has to change? Do you see it the same way, or, or is it different? Uh, well, we've got two teams. We've got a Division Two team and a Division Four team. You can see with a Division Four team that they're a bit more social. Division Two team do take a bit more serious, and they've got the aspiration to go State League One and State League Four. It depends on yeah. on the club. You know, most clubs are, are still not taking it a hell of a lot serious. I think a lot of clubs have, have, have only got into it just to get extra money, maybe from governments and stuff. But now they can. Now they can see the potential. Potential is there, you know. Um, a lot of clubs do do it right, but there's still there's a lot of clubs that are just doing it for the wrong reasons. Yeah, just no, I'm agree. I'm agree with that. I think it's um, um, Bell said mentioned something like it's a little bit social. I think divisions depend what division you play with. Um, yeah, you know, and what club? Because I think it's as you said, Angelo, it's changing and it's getting better. Clubs are becoming yeah. more professional, and that's that support. Um, I think we will get it later in the future. Hopefully, you know, yeah. everyone gets pay, everyone gets a contract, yeah. so players really can dedicate themselves to just trying and play. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And even at our club, we have the aspirations to. Yeah, they want to go higher, but 
going higher means you, know, you have to invest more money. Exactly. In every league you want to go, you want to step it up. Yeah. You have to invest that money into yeah. the, into the teams and into the into the structure you want. So yeah, that's something uh, Corden are looking to do, especially once they go to the new ground probably next season. They'll they'll invest more money into the women's game. Angela, one more before you get back on the tools. Um, how have that's you seen the... day there, I'm all right. <laughs> It's raining out there too. The yeah. quality of the A League and and like Albie, Albie Albie touched on and quite strongly about your defensive work and and you've come yeah. up through the days of Milan Ivanovic, Alex Tobin. Uh, you went yeah. to Marconi, became a superstar there. You had Mickey Valcanis next to you here at Adelaide United. I'm not seeing defending anymore. It the art's gone no. in the A League. How do you see it? Yeah, I, I agree, Val. Yeah, there's some some do it well and then there's, a lot of them are struggling in that side of the game, but. It needs to come a stage where we do invest into you know defensive coach like they similar to the AFL you got your defensive coach and stuff like that. It's uh, it's an art where it's declining and you can see it even at a local level and stuff. So yeah. we uh, we try to do a little bit of work and try and help some younger guys. But end of the day they got they got to want to do it. And you know my phone's open. Any young boy wants to learn how to defend or you know if I can teach them, I'm open to it. So um, it's it is an art that it is declining. Um, but you know, there's been some. It's entertaining for the neutrals anyway. There's been some big score lines, and yeah. um, which you know, hopefully brings viewers and a new TV rights deal, which uh, will help the game improve. And good on you, mate. Well said. And uh, thank you so much for joining us here on the Real Football Show. Good luck with your son moving forward as well. I know it's very, very hard, and as you said, yeah. it's frustrating. But let's hope he finds uh, the right team that actually want to use him and get him out there. And uh, let's all see just how good he is. Hopefully that's the plan. Thanks, John. Good on you, mate. Angelo Costanzo, one of the good blokes in football. And as we said, could really, really play. See, you're speaking about defensive there. But for me, in my day and and going forward, it's not, you know, an old comment to make, but if you're a centre-half, right, and you're playing against a Berisha, and you're opposed against Berisha all the time, and you've you've got an instruction to pick up Berisha and stop him playing, and and you come off after 90 minutes, and he's not scored the goal, job done. Today, in today's modern-day football, you've got centre-halves trying to play it from the back that can't play out from the back. <laughs> now, Ange and, and Volcanus as well was a great combination there because the two of them were very clever on the ball, hmm. very smart on the ball. They'd never give the ball away. It's a different game these Let days. Let me ask you, Fabricius had eight shots on goal, though. Have you had a good game? Even if he didn't score? Well, you, you assess that accordingly, Dex. But what, what I'm saying is the centre-half's um, job, if his job is to p- specifically eliminate Berisha, mm. who I've picked Berisha because he's one of the best players in the league, and he has been over the last five or six years or whatever, but he's a player that I would earmark to be picked up man for man. And I'd say to a Constanzo, make sure he doesn't play. Make sure he does, he, you limit him to touching the ball. And mm. he was good at doing that. Yep. Today... You know, players give players like Berisha far too much space. Yeah, we've seen it far too. Um, man marking, and and I have been a fan. Like you get like a creative player. Say for example, last or two weeks ago, Diamante was here. I thought he needed to be man marked. Okay, because you Quite can't you can't zone with him because as soon as he gets half a millimeter, he's dead. Is that dead? Man marking dead. Well, let's ask Cote. She's think, a striker. Look, I think in men's, um, you don't see that anymore, how it used to be years ago. Women's, we still see it. And I, you know, I'm one of the ones um, who coaches would tell players, hey, 
two players on her every time she gets the ball. Sometimes I even had three. So I think in men's it's a little bit different. Why? Because maybe they have the skills of a structure based a little bit better. Not that women's cannot, but we see it. I see it more in women's than men's. When men's, I think I'm agree. If you have a good player, sometimes you need men mark. But if I'm a coach, I won't do, I won't do that. I will play my game. And, and based on what I do, not following them everywhere because football today, it's just, you know. So the point same. I'm making, guys, is that, you know, man for man or zonal marking. When you've got a team of back four playing zonal marking, right, you really kind of hold them fully accountable. Do you understand what I mean by that? Yeah. Because they're crossing over zones and what, or, or staying in their own zone. If they're playing man for man and you've got a job on um, Ditz or yourself or Berisha... You come off the park and it's measurable. That's the difference. I think you gotta. Li- I think clubs with that limit themselves, if they send a player to mark, um, they limit themselves because Sono, like they gotta move as a team in Sono, like they don't have to follow that player specifically. And I think that's a coach role too. Yes, if a player is too good, I'm agree they should be marked. I won't use it though as a coach if you ask me because so now they should be able to. But, but that's it, this is where the confusion comes in. So, I don't think so. I think it's what you as a coach can't deliver and what you want them to do. Now, yes, be close to that player, but don't follow that player all the time. And so now, if it's a corner, the team should be able to take, yes, the coach say one player, but not following well, them good, everywhere. Good Don't let them. It up in zone but court. the instruction should be to the player, when your team's in possession of the ball, you play off that, that player. As soon as you lose the ball, you pick a Berisha up man for man. Yeah. That's what the instruction is. You're right in what, you, what you're saying there. You can't have a player marking a player for 90 minutes. No, you can't. When your team's no. in possession, you play off oh, that that's player. Right. That's right. Still by Azpilicueta. Space ahead of Ziyech. Pulisic. He's kept it strongly. As Pilaqueta, Hakim Ziyech! City Champagne is back on ice. That's a cracking low hit. Brilliant goal. Oh, uh, tell us, team, how did you see the weekend of EPL? Oh, geez. Well, Manchester City winning the league. A um, lot of stuff to speak about their debts. You know, where do we start? You know, the Man United pulling the plug on the game. Um, you know, Man, well, Man United playing against Leicester, mm. and 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 basically playing a weakened side, which, which it's, it's, it's going it's, it's going to eliminate Liverpool from qualifying for the Champions League next year. Mm. The second thing is, you know, did they actually do that deli- deliberately so that Man City couldn't? Uh, um, celebrate in front of a crowd. Oh, come on, Albie. <laughs> no, I'm just going through the, the, the Man, U- Man United and Man City. Let yeah. me tell you, you'll yeah, know yeah. that yeah. rivals, unbelievable. Uh, you serious? What's that? You serious? They they done it on purpose. Well, I'm not saying. I'm I'm just throwing it out there for a debate. <laughs> <laughs> but but really, well done to Man Man City. There, they've they've won the league by. 10 clear points. You know, it disappoints me that um, Man Man United, who still mathematically could have won the championship, but they've chosen to put a Leicester team in, got beat from Leicester, and eliminated that that, that situation. (laughs) I don't agree with your theory. If there's still mathematically a chance, why would they lose to Leicester on purpose? Well, they've they've played a weakened uh, team, uh, Val. Why? Because there's, there's congestion of... You know, they're obviously in the Europa... Cup final, so that's that'll be on the the agenda, 
right? He doesn't want his good players to be. It's a team, team of young kids, mate. If you're if you're playing for in the Premier League uh, to uh, to possibly win the Premier League, they're in that comfort zone in the second place. They can't be knocked out of the European spot, European Champions League. So he's played a week inside, right? He's little Leicester. He's been nicked by Leicester, and and that's just give the championship to Man City. I'm a bit confused. But you're not giving credit to Leicester, third place. Well, they're playing against a second-rate team, Val. Okay, <laughs> but I don't agree with it. <laughs> well, well, do you see the team they put out? I don't agree. Team. It doesn't matter. They're Manchester United. It doesn't matter what team they put out, surely. But well, to, it does. To throw the game, man. Come on. Well, well, when I say throw the game, you know, well, he's obviously he's got games. They didn't do everything they possibly could to win it. Is what you're saying. <laughs> Well, they've left a lot of key players out. Yeah. That's my point. If, yeah. if that was a cup final, won't you see the cup final team? Yeah. I'll bet you there's six or seven changes <laughs> yeah. in the in the Champions, uh, the Euro- Europa uh, game final against yep. Villarreal. Yep. And as much as we tried, Ditz's team's dead. They're gone. West well, Brom. Got, yeah, it looks like Fulham, uh, West Brom and Sheffield United are, are going, lads. Yep. Uh, it's gone out on the limb again. There's yeah. only a 10-point gap between <laughs> Fulham and Brighton. Yeah. That's like Man City a couple of months ago. They were, what, 30 points yeah. ahead? Yeah. Now he reckons... He oh, called mate. it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> He's a risk-taker. Yeah, yeah, definitely. <laughs> but in the Champions League, lads, uh, it looks like the sports will be Man City, Man United. I'm going to ask a question here, uh, Val, as well. Yeah. Could put you on the spot. Leicester. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and looks like Chelsea will be qualifying next mm, year. Mm, now, mm. if Chelsea win the Champions League, yeah. what does that actually mean? To who? Or, <laughs> yeah, to, to Chelsea. If if they win the Champions I mean, League... They're a very good club. Yeah. Right? If they win the Champions League yeah. and they finish in that fourth spot, yeah. is there an, another English team invited into the Champions League? Well, if you give me a second, I'll use Google. I can't give you oh, the answer. I could answer. do that myself. <laughs> I, I can't give you the answer straight away. Slee told me he was educated but in sport and football. No, but I, I, I think they changed that rule. I think they've got to qualify. It doesn't matter if you win it. You don't get the automatic okay. spot. But I'll have to check, double check. Yep. But yeah. Is yeah, if Chelsea men's question? win and women's, because women's play on Sunday, uh, the final... Yep. So that would be, I think, for the club, something um, very, very special. Like it's historic, fair. yeah. Hmm. But Guardioli, guys, mm. League Cup, he's got that in his locker. Yeah. Premier League now, he's got that in his locker. Yeah. Champions League. Do you think he's a good verge. coach? I think he's a very good coach. And, you know, I've got, my, I, I see him being interviewed. He, I'm not really <clears throat> that happy how he interviews, but he, he's obviously a very In what good, way? Well, he's a bit arrogant, that's for me. Oh, right. He's you know, got a right to be arrogant. Well, well, he's I not think. really. It's, it's better to be nice and humble and all that, all, all the above. But but to win this three, you know, they're, they're talking about him being the best manager of all time. And Of all time? Well, that was mentioned. I read something in the... Well, on the so a bloke called Alex it? Ferguson. Well, that's, that's that name comes point, up. Yeah. Plus the fact, the difference with Guardiola, he's got, you know, buckets of money. You look at Fergie's brought through... You know, the Beckhams of this world and the Nicky Butts and, you know, all the rest of them. Neville Brothers. Neville Brothers, all the superstars. By the way, it looks like Chelsea won't get rewarded. They'll, they'll win. If they win the Champions League, they'll still have to qualify, which they have. Sorry, so just going back. So you're saying that Sir Alex Ferguson was very good at, at nurturing and bringing players on rather than just getting the checkbook out? Well, yeah, definitely. Mm. And he surrounded them where you bought a few players like uh, Van Nisselrooy and people yep. like that yep. that were, were really good. But but looking at the players he brought through the academy, he brought in seven players, you know, Sh- Scholes is another one. Yep. Quality Nicky player. Bart. Nicky Bart. 
Um, the, look, there's there's probably about did twelve he make, players. Did he make gigs? I know gigs is a Welshman, but uh, where did uh, Ryan? Come, I reckon he did. I reckon gig, he did as well. Gigs come through the system. Yeah, what a yeah. great team they had. Beckham, mm. you know. Through, yeah. Mm. yeah. But you've got to take your hat off to Guardiola. He's he's stuck by it. You know, look at the Christmas period there. He was he wasn't looking like he was going to be doing doing much. <laughs> we talked about him leaving as well. If you, if you think back on the shows, yep. yep. But he's he's come good and um, won it by you know ten clear points. If, it's, if it sounds like they win. If City wins the Champions League, surely he's got to move on. Where, where can you go? You win. You win well, the league, he, Champions League. He's insinuated that that might be the case here, not when he was doing so well, when he was sort of, you know, off the mark, if you like. Mm. He's, uh, he, you know, there's been uh, press on go- him going back to Spain and stuff like that, but um, he surely couldn't leave the if he's if he's going to win that treble there, surely he couldn't leave the club at that particular time. Well, I wouldn't think so. Well, There's two ways to look yeah. at it. It's a good time to leave as well. Yeah. You leave yeah, at the top. Yep. Yeah. The guy that's coming in has got a big job. Big shoes to fill, for sure. All right, that's our look at the EPL for this week. Uh, What are the big burning issues in the world of football, Val? We've got huge burning issues. Yeah. Now, Melbourne Victory, uh, remember we spoke to Richard Wilson, their board member who was selling a stake in the club. It's actually been approved by the board of Victory. So if you want to buy a share of Melbourne Victory, Albie, you can buy 500 or more, 500 should, should is a minimum, cheap right now. at $2.20 each. So what does that equate to? Just over $1,000 mm-hmm. if you want to be a shareholder. Mm-hmm. So Albie's probably going to take, what, 16%? Next question, Val. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, you've always wanted to own a club. <laughs> now, I was at a, a game at the weekend, state league game, and I, I'll show you the picture of the goal, which I can't show you on, you know, obviously the podcast, but the goal was sitting behind the line, right, in the in the first half. The team's changed over. The home team gets that goal. The, the goalkeeper pulls it in and puts it on the line. I thought, mm, this is a bit suspect. Mm. It's not right. No. Well, which ground was it? Do I have to say? Well, <laughs> it's up to you, but if you want to tell the story. No, but, yeah, what are you but saying? I'm the goals saying... were shifted. Yeah. How far? Well, I'll show you that. I'll show you after the, the photo, but the, it was so you got the goal line here. Mm. The actual goal was sitting behind the line, behind the goal line on one side, right. and then second half comes out. Goalkeeper pulls it back on the line. Mm-hmm. All right, bizarre. Did it affect the result? That's beside the point. Because <laughs> if you want to play, so that's a, no at, a at a certain level, yeah. everything has to be in order. That yep. was out of. Now that's fair enough. And right. that got on my goat. Obviously, no, it did because. And and in the second half, by the way, the team, the visiting team, hit that crossbar, and the and the goal was on that line. Mm. If that ball hit the crossbar in the first half, that would have been a goal because mm. that ball would have bounced over the line. So okay. yeah, I think it needs to be looked. What at. was the suburb? Give us something to. to <laughs> Not going to go because it, it could have been oh, an oversight just, by the club. I'm just uh, saying well, it was wrong. Tell us half the story then. It was right wrong. On. No, what it else? could have been over, an oversight. And and to be fair, <laughs> mm. I've got to get to the club and say why was the goal like that. I introduce you every week as the biggest newsbreaker in the game. Well, I didn't make the call. Yet. Now you're giving us no. Half you, story. No, you're not I'm actually. I'm meeting with the chairman of Football SA after. I'll have it out. With right. you. No, you're not actually having a go at referees and lines. No, I'm not having a go. At yeah, ref. they do because they've got to check the nets. They've got to check where the goal's positioned and all the above. These little things count. And there's another pitch that... But you I won't actually, name either, yeah. No, because I I measured it, the, the actual goal frame, yeah. and it's 30 centimetres bigger than what it should be. Oh, righto. 
How right. much of that as well? It was what, 37 a couple of years ago. What are the other burning mm. issues, Val? Let's keep moving. Last Friday, mm-hmm. so we had the A-League. Mm-hmm. So Adelaide United played over here. And, and this is, you know, a thing which is affecting every state. The same night, we've got MPL. Yes. And Croydon and Metro Stars had a great initiative. It was an Indigenous round. Right. So yep. Travis Dodd, mm-hmm. obviously involved in it. Yeah. Had Indigenous kits for both teams. The actual, um, how can I say, the celebration was muted because obviously you're up against the A-League side. Yeah, and right. we've got okay. WMPL. So bad programming. WMPL matches, Cote, you're playing mm-hmm. at the same time Adelaide United is playing, state league fixtures, yep. all clashing. And I'm thinking, <clears throat> is our market that big? Now, the Crows, when the Crows play, mm-hmm. the Crows, what happens with the sample? Is there clashes when they play here? Uh, they can be. They, they never used to be, but they can be now, yeah, for yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. But, but, but it's not right. No, and oh, I'm yeah. saying the market is not that big. Let's let's unite because Croydon and Metro that was huge for the Indigenous. That should have had a lot of yeah, attention. Yeah. It yep. got no attention. Yep, that could except be that. that little circle. Mm. Maybe it's because what happened last year with uh, COVID and all of that. Maybe you know schedule was changing, changing a little bit, or yeah, no, 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 no doubt the A League fixtures have been yeah they've know, been moving and yeah but going if around. You've got you know an estimated. 200 people coming into your football ground to watch a clash. Shift that clash so you can get 500. Mm. You know, it, it, and the WMPL, how many people you get on a Friday night at Angle Park? Yeah, 500. Sometimes because we get, you know. And I, and I think it needs to unite. The game needs to unite. And you're strong in numbers. Mm. Right, you make a good point. Yes. All right, any other burning issues? Yeah, um, I heard Mohamed Toure. Yeah. Okay. So he's... Probably going to France. He signed a contract, mm-hmm. but in his contract, this is what I understand: there is a number of clauses he has to meet at Adelaide United before this contract actually takes shape. Right. So that might be game time, mm-hmm. whatever. Mm-hmm. But that's interesting. So as soon as he hits eighteen, he's gone. So that's uh, March next year. All right, good on you, Val. They are the burning issues in the world of football, Albert. One last one on the EPL: Dits Man United versus Liverpool mm-hmm. tonight. Right for the for the listeners or mm. watch that game. That's going to be a cracker because Liverpool Liverpool support as well are upset with what happened with Man United there with Leicester for sure. Yeah. <laughs> All right, so there'll be some heat in that match. There'll be some heat. And Cocktail, what have you got for us? Yeah, um, Chelsea mm-hmm. uh, of Sam Kerr uh, won the championship um, FAWS. L title, so she's also the golden boot. I did see um, that. Amazing, yeah. yes, yeah. twenty-one goals, yeah. and this Sunday she will be playing the finals, um, women's champion league. Mm. So amazing, amazing for Australia, mm. and uh, also Mackenzie Arno uh, saved two penalties, and also Arsenal has confirmed um, her spot for women's champion leagues next year. So very, very, very good for Australian players. Um, what's happening here in South Australia, MPL, remember, uh, we play Friday, Adelaide Uni against Fulham United, 6.15, um, Comets, Adelaide City at 7.30pm, and um, Salisbury Metro, 8.15pm. On Sunday, we had uh, football NTC against West Adelaide at 3pm. So, lots of football to watch, um, on, also you can download the app. NPL TV, and you can just follow us there. So, yes, that's that would be my hot topics. Have you scored a goal this week, uh, 
Go to your, I'll, <laughs> yes. I'll, I'll buy you a bottle of red wine. <laughs> no, you, you always say, a special goals. bottle of red wine. I know you love gold. Okay. Everyone, everyone, gold make us how happy. How many goals have you got this season? <laughs> I think uh, five. If, how about if you get to 20, I'll be asked to wear a Salisbury Inter shirt. So if I get 20 this season? You. Okay. No worries. We try to work on that. But I love it because, you know, he's always asking for goals and then, and yeah. It's a <laughs> goals nice bottle of Molly Ducker wine. That's the, where we'll the money that. is. That's better. Yeah, yeah, but and also I just want to mention something. Um, with Vipers on their 15, we're looking for players. Mm-hmm. We're recruiting. So um, if anyone would like to come and try out, contact us. Um, on their 15, we are in the blue team and uh, we play, we're trying Tuesday and Thursday. Um, and we play uh, Sundays. So all the girls uh, who, you know, would like to improve their football and, and, and have a great team, come and uh, contact us. Um, so where would they contact you? So they can contact Vipers directly or come okay. to St. Clair's on Tuesday, Thursday at 6 p.m. Yeah, we will be there. I'm there on Thursday helping the girls. I'm the coach. And, um, yeah, hopefully to build and to grow the, 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 the team there. Um, I also have another news uh, for players. If you like to train and go to the next level, um, contact me as well because I'm doing one-on-one with the MJR skills, football skills. Okay. So um, you can contact me on my website, mariajoserojas.com or any platform on social media. Bell, How do you, you spell like that? Rojas. <laughs> How do you spell yeah. Rojas? Rojas, R-O-J-A-S. <laughs> You've been listening to The Real Football Show. Albie Kidd, Cote Valmiliacho, Chris Dittmar. We'll do it again next week. Triple M's The Real Football Show catch-up. Saturday mornings from 7am for CMI Toyota, SA's number one Toyota dealer.